Chapter 18 of The Campfire Girls Amid the Snows. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Elizabeth Holland. The Campfire Girls Amid the Snows by Margaret Vandercook. Chapter 18 Donna and Her Dawn however if none of the campfire girls thought of a possible romance between their new guardian and the young physician now established as the regular visiting doctor at the sunrise cabin when the month of march was passing and the new hampshire snows beginning to show every now and then a tendency toward melting indicating the return of the ever-romantic spring there was a good deal of carefully whispered discussion about the chief campfire guardian miss martha mcmurtry their guardian of the preceding summer liked best that the girl should call her by her campfire title the madonna of the hill shortened for use into the italian donna in the first weeks at camp the summer before miss mcmurtry had seemed to some of the campfire girls a sort of heaven-appointed old maid a regular born and bred one as she had lived and worked through the outdoor months with such a variety of girls Gradually this old maidish appearance had worn off, until now there were actually self-evident reasons for believing that Donna had a real bona fide admirer in the person of the poor German gentleman who had rescued Betty and Esther on that memorable December evening in the snow, and through their acquaintance had since come to know every member of the club. It is but natural to suppose that the first breath of this suggestion may have been introduced by Esther Clark since she had best opportunities for making observations yet actually it was betty ashton who first whispered it to esther next to polly and afterward it traveled very naturally about the select campfire circle esther had been continuing her lessons with the german professor once every week since before christmas not that he was a singing master but he proved to be a thoroughly trained musician who understood the piano almost as well as the violin so that he was able to give esther splendid assistance with her piano training so necessary to the singing later on and this he insisted on doing without payment in spite of his poverty showing a very decided interest in esther's possible future in spite of her own seriously reduced income however betty had at first suggested that she be allowed to contribute a small sum for the lessons but esther had positively refused to accept anything more than her singing lessons from her friend she explained that herr crippen said she rendered him sufficient aid in his other work to pay for what he was doing for her and closing with the more truthful statement that for a reason which he could not now set forth he felt particularly hopeful for das nadiga Fräulein and yet notwithstanding the fact that betty was extremely grateful to him for his kindness to esther from their first acquaintance she had never been able to resist the inclination to make fun of the poor gentleman on every possible occasion in the face of esther's open protests that is when it could be done without hurting his feelings under most circumstances esther felt that betty could do no wrong but her jokes at the hair professor's expense made esther suffer a variety of emotions which she could not exactly explain even to herself the poor man was so shabby and shy such an apparent failure in life without money position friends or family none of the things which betty still considered absolutely essential 
though she never thought she had betrayed herself in a way it is just possible that herr crippen was all that winter guessing what was going on in regard to him in the back of betty ashton's mind he had a pleading almost apologetic expression as he gazed into her lovely face as though vaguely asking her not to be too hard in her judgment and to be kind to him if she could once or twice it is just possible that he asked miss mcmurtry questions about her in his semi-weekly visits to the older campfire guardian but of this betty of course had no knowledge it was on one saturday night when miss mcmurtry happened to be staying at the cabin to afford rose dyer a holiday in town that betty's suspicions of a possible romance were first aroused promptly at eight o'clock that evening the herr professor dressed in his best clothes made his appearance at the front door wearing a large clean collar considerably frayed at the ends and a flowing black silk necktie by chance there happened to be but a few of the sunrise girls at home that evening for molly o'neill was staying all night with meg eleanor meade was to remain over sunday with her mother and nan had gone home to take her father to church the next day as he had solemnly promised to be her companion so as edith had not come out for her regular weekend visit there were only the five girls in camp however sylvia was so busily engaged in seeing faith to bed that when the professor arrived there were only betty polly and esther about to be in the way yet half an hour or so after his arrival and in the midst of quite an interesting general conversation herr crippen seeming to be overwhelmed with emotion suddenly asked miss mcmurtry to take a walk outside with him and this when it was not even a particularly warm or agreeable late march evening betty was a little vexed for they had just been talking of the old-time history of woodford of the names of some of the old families in the town and the immediate neighborhood this was always a subject of keen interest to betty as her own family the ashtons had been among the first settlers in the village and through each generation had furnished some of its most distinguished men and women indeed it was betty's grandfather who had built the orphan asylum where esther had lived as a child consequentially she felt an interest in it for her own as well as esther's sake when herr crippen asked miss mcmurtry if she had not once taught some of the children at the asylum as a kind of practice work before graduating at the normal school and directly after this question when miss mcmurtry had quietly answered yes she and her professor had disappeared out into the moonlight then immediately after this esther had slipped over to the piano and presently begun playing over a new campfire song which frank morton had just sent his sister from headquarters in new york hearing that the girls were particularly anxious for the latest campfire music polly who had been rather annoyed at the interruption of a visitor returned once more to the reading of her book so that it was left to betty who was in an idle mood to wander over casually to the window and there without the least intention of spying behold what certainly looked like a very interesting scene instead of walking up and down outside as the professor had suggested herr crippen's hands were clasped imploringly together and his face wore a strangely beseeching expression indeed if betty had been near enough she might have seen actual tears in his eyes as there had been on the christmas eve when he had his conversation with esther the very next instant betty had of course turned hurriedly away 
feeling ashamed of herself for having even innocently seen what was so plainly not intended for her eyes and yet at the same moment she could not restrain a giggle a giggle which grew later on into a confession of what she had witnessed still as she explained it was merely a suspicion nothing more for betty had not seen how donna had received the professor's suit nor did she really know what kind of a question he had asked however when a few days later miss mcmurtry actually asked for a leave of absence from school in order to have a quiet talk along with rose dyer at the cabin what had been an idle suspicion now looked as though it might be a reality notwithstanding the girls had to suffer for some time with ungratified curiosity since rose made no mention even of having had an unexpected visit from the older woman indeed she tried to go about her regular campfire work from day to day as though nothing had happened as though there were nothing of special interest or importance on her mind but this she did not quite succeed in doing at least not to the watchful eyes of betty esther and polly who were the most interested of the girls for rose's face when she supposed that no one was looking wore an expression of surprise of uncertainty and even of worry and uneasiness it was odd betty thought why rose should take miss mcmurtry's love affair so seriously and what could there be in it to trouble over anyhow either miss martha did or did not care for the funny old german who must have been fifteen years her senior and who certainly was not a desirable catch from a worldly point of view it never occurred to betty that there could be any possibility of love not running smoothly with two such elderly persons however as rose made no confidences after a week had passed the whole subject vanished into the background of everybody's minds and most of the girls believed that the whole idea had been a mistaken one from the beginning and then one afternoon in the early part of april rose called betty aside and asked her if on the following afternoon she and esther could meet miss mcmurtry herr crippen and herself in the drawing-room at the ashton house in woodford there was a question which had to be discussed and it was not possible to have any privacy at the cabin miss dyer's own house was closed but a caretaker had been left in charge of the ashton home as it was too beautiful a place to remain for so many months unguarded End of chapter eighteen